What is up? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario, oakridgeford.com. It is December 15th, 2019. I am Norman James, your host, along with the artist of podcastery, the one and only Mike Odulo. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Norm. Uh, I am well, and it's snowing in Buffalo, as usual. And uh, we're here to talk some Leafs after a rather successful road trip. Yeah, three and one, a four-one winner in Edmonton, outplaying the oil boys from start to finish. Mike, Dreisaitl and McDavid are two of the most dynamic players to play in this generation. The rest of that Oilers team just doesn't seem good enough. It seems disorganized, frustrating for those two dudes. Uh, good for the Maple Leafs who handed it to them last night. Yeah, there's definitely a lack of depth on that roster. I mean, they have a few good players up front other than Dry settle McDavid, you know, Nugent Hopkins, Neal's having a little bit of a bounce back year, but they're not a very deep team. And if you keep those two superstars in check, you're, you're more than likely than not going to win. They've lost five of their last six now. Their goaltending is terrible with Koskinen and Mike Smith. Their defense is okay. And they play a little better defensively under Tippett, but that's not a good team. So it was good that the Leafs um, bounced back from that bad three minutes in Calgary and uh, put the Oilers away with a pretty good effort. And now, you know, as you said, three and one on a road trip against some tough competition. And now they come back and play the majority of the rest of December at home. Just a quick run through of the team stats. The Oilers out shooting the Leafs 37, 32, better on faceoffs, 53% to 47%. Both teams with a power play goal. The Leafs one and one with the man advantage creeping up ever so slowly uh, into, I uh, guess, respectability. What are they, around 14th in the league right now on the power play, 19%. They should be a lot better, but it's better than it was. Um, neither team mm-hmm. really spending too much time in the sin bin, six minutes in total. The Oilers out hitting the Leafs 29-21. The Leafs out blocking them 13-8 to and uh, in the giveaway department, 13-17, to 30 in total. The Oilers giving away the puck yeah. a little bit more than the Maple Leafs. You're uh, Michelangelo, right? You're the artist. This wasn't artistry by any means last night in Edmonton, but the, the Maple Leafs got well, it. Well, I, I had a problem with the officiating last night. There were a couple of hits, especially on Zach Hyman, that I thought were borderline that I thought one of them should have been called. Darnell Nurse sort of projectiled himself mm-hmm. at, at Hyman near the net. And the penalties that were called, I mean, the CC one that led to the power play goal, there was nothing they could do. He shot it over the glass. But the uh, the other penalty, and I'm drawing a blank on who, I think it was Hall um, that got called for it. Hall, no, it was Muzzin. Um, it, it was it was a ticky-tack call, and it was against against McDavid, so he got two minutes for touching <laughs> McDavid. And, I, and, 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 the, and the Leafs, the Leafs power play goal was was after it was three to one and, and Marner scored into an empty net. So uh, it, the funny thing is, if you look at the statistics and I wrote about this a couple of days ago in the after Keefe took over their top five in power play in the league uh, in, in those 11 games and they're number one, at least they were going into last night. They were number one on the penalty kill in terms of percentage. So their special teams have really picked up under Sheldon Keith. Mm-hmm. This is the Leafs Convo podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford. Poor Mitch Marner with another power play goal. The guy can't score five on five is going to take it on the chin again. Um, yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, I, I honestly, at least he's scoring. I, I, I in our little notes for the show, I, I, I'm a little bit puzzled why Keith 
has gone back to putting Kasperi Kapanen on the wing, on the, his off wing, on the left side. Um, I, I think it's probably because he wants to get him sort of jump-started and he wants to get him into the top six uh, with Andreas Janssen out. But he can't play the left side. He's played his worst hockey of the year on the left side. And they have him paired with, uh, with uh, Matthews and Nylander. And frankly, the last two games, that line has been a ghost. I haven't – I've barely noticed them. Um, against Calgary, Nylander made a pretty bad giveaway on the on one of the goals. Uh, or posi- that wasn't a giveaway, excuse me. It was a positional problem uh, on the for elite goal. And I, it's just, I mean, they when you're paying somebody $11.6 million, like you're paying Matthews, you need him to score more often. He's leading the team in scoring, but the last couple games he hasn't really been, hasn't really made a, a big impact. Yeah. Are they passengers or are they gripping it too tight or – Maybe just not the focal point right now, which is good, allowing other players on the team to step up. You look at the Oilers, right? The two top guys, not many other contributors on that squad. You, you need a, a full contribution. Boston, on the other hand, uh, that's, a, that's a full team effort most nights, and the standings reflect mm-hmm. that. The Leafs need to get a full team effort regardless of who their top players are how much they're, or how much they're making, right, Mike? So in Edmonton... Yeah. Uh, Alex Kerfoot, fantastic. Pierre Engvall, I, the more this guy plays, the more I, I get excited about w- what he's done and what his potential could be. Engvall with two points, Kerfoot with two points, Ilya Mikheyev uh, with a goal and uh, some really nice passing um, in, in parts of the game, just setting guys up and, and not necessarily getting any sort of reward for it, but you can sense what is going to come with this kid's creativity. Your buddy Freddie Goche coming in going top mm-hmm. shelf, on a wonderful uh, dish from Dmitro Timoshov, who was pretty much a lone ranger, Mikhail Grabowski style there uh, in the third period, going deep into the Oilers end, just playing with the puck, waiting for Goche to slip in through the slot. That was a nice goal to put the Leafs up 3-1 at a time where the Oilers were getting some momentum, Mike. So these are um, players who are not on the periphery, but tertiary support guys. And getting it done to uh, encapsulate uh, a pretty nice run on the road. And uh, when you're getting those contributions, especially uh, at a time when the top guys aren't producing, that's what you need. Well, in the first three games of the road trip, it was almost all exclusively the top six that scored. Hyman, Tavares, Marner, Matthews. I think the only goal that I can think of that didn't come off of one of their sticks was uh, the Spezza power play goal in St. Louis. In this game, as you pointed out, it was all the third line and the fourth line. Um, and they broke long goalless streaks. Uh, Kerfoot was 1-11, in 11, I believe, uh, 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 Mikhaev is his first goal in 22 games and uh, Gauthier was his first in 26. So getting, getting offense from secondary sources is extremely important for this team. So it was, it was really good that they did that. And, and I, I agree with what you said, that third line, I, I've liked Engfall for two years. I've seen, I saw him play a lot with the Marlies. I saw him on that Calder cup Marley team a couple years ago uh, coming over from, uh, I believe it was uh, the Finnish league. Um, and he played, he played very well. He's big, rangy, great reach, good speed. Um, he's sort of everything that Gautier isn't, and I'm not taking anything away from Gautier because he, he, that goal last night was pretty big. But Engvall, 
has got the ability to play center yeah. and wing. He moved up to the third line. He fit well with Mikhaev and Kerfoot. That was easily their best line yesterday. Um, I hope that he's not a victim of the salary cap crunch, but I've heard you know, in, in instances where you know he's waiver exempt and the $200,000 more that he makes on the cap might be something that keeps him from staying with his team. I think he needs to stay because I think he's been very effective for them. If Sheldon Keefe has a group of players who've developed under his model and his style, is Pierre Engvall the quintessential Sheldon Keefe player? I think he fits into the construct of a Sheldon Keefe team. He can play multiple positions. He, um, I think, plays a good defensive game, but has, you know, the tools to be an offensive player. And he hasn't been phased by the NHL. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, remember, he he's, I think he has 10 or 11 games in the NHL. He had been exclusively playing in Europe and in the American Hockey League up until then. And he really doesn't seem to be any different of a player than the way he played in the American Hockey League. And that that's good. I mean, it's, some, it's something that he's not awed by the experience of being in the big show. So uh, I, he's been a, a good addition. And I think he's a keeper in my eyes. But again, whether the, the cap allows it when all their injured players come back. And I say that, but that has never been the case this year because every time everybody is back, somebody gets injured. Norman James in London, Ontario. Michael Angelo in Buffalo, New York. It just has a ring to it. I like it. Freddie mm. Anderson, 200 career wins. This man we cannot celebrate enough. It's it's great the way Anderson's playing. He was full marks for the three wins on the road. Um, he played both ends of the back-to-back going into this road trip. You know, he's really stepped it up. But and I cannot remember who it was. I think it may have been Kelly Rudy last night uh, on the bro- on the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast, uh, or or one of the other commentators. But they're using they're using Anderson way too much. It's 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 a situation where they have to because of where they are in the standings right now. But the the Leafs are going to pay for this later on in the season or in the playoffs if they get there. And then right now their focus is getting back into the race, getting. Uh, getting into the playoffs, getting in a, in a more favorable position. But really, now he's played seven straight games. He's going to play against Buffalo on Tuesday. And then Hutchinson will get in for one of the two back-to-backs mm-hmm. next weekend. But, you know, that's eight games in a row and with a lot of stress. And a lot. And this is not a typical eight games where he's playing, you know, facing 19 shots. He's facing 30, 35, 40 shots. And he's been the star for this mm-hmm. team. So... They're going to have to find a way at some point this year to get Anderson some more rest. He's on a pace right now to play, I think, 67, 68 games. That's yeah. just way too much. And he's not he's not going to have anything left in the tank when it comes when it comes April if they are in a playoff. Should your position. backups have goals against average four plus? Michael Hutchinson's four plus, Casimir Cascasuo six plus. I mean, you need a you need a calming presence back there, a veteran Curtis McElhaney kind of guy. And we're going to continue to bring up Curtis McElhaney because he was perfect at that time. And that's mm-hmm. the last time the Leafs had, per, like, next to perfection at a position. And I'd like to see the Leafs be able to get a Curtis McElhaney type. Young, young goaltenders in a backup role, we saw how that worked for Garrett Sparks. Will it be a veteran? Are they available? Probably not, but if, if there's someone who can bring a veteran-type poise, that's great. You need a goaltender who comes in every fourth or fifth night, gets between the pipes, 
the guys look back at him and he says, you know what, dudes, I got this. Don't worry about it. The, the funny thing is that Hutchinson was that last year when they acquired him from Florida. Sparks and Anderson were hurt and he played He was steady and he played really well for a five-game stretch. And then he sent was sent to the Marlies and he played well down there. Um, and then the whole thing with Sparks happened in the playoffs where he was the, he was the backup. Um, this year, it just seems – now, he's at fault because he's not making the big save when the team has needed him to do it. But even Kyle Dubas said it would be nice if the team played in front of Hutchinson the way they play in front of sure. Anderson. Because if they, if, if they did, if they did, then I think they would, they would have a so win, but they, they don't have a win. I don't know. It's it's inexplicable. Sometimes it's just, you know, a team is inspired to play in front of a certain player and not inspired to play. Or sometimes it's it's the fact that they know that they have to play better in front of a backup and then they just do the mentally the exact opposite of what they're supposed to do. So who knows? But, I mean, right now, I think the reason the Leafs don't have a backup is because the backups that they can afford that are would be an upgrade over Hutchinson – they're just too. They're just these teams are asking for too much. The closer you get to the deadline, is you know probably you know the the prices will drop a little bit. But then, you know, you're probably going to be playing playing Anderson down the stretch. And how much work will that backup, whoever it is, you know, how much will they get? I mean, if you if you trade for Ryan Miller from Anaheim, which has been one of a n- number of names that have been mentioned. You know, Ryan, Ryan Miller could play one every three games. I'm not saying that, that they'd want to go away from Anderson that much, but he could play one every three games down the stretch and maybe play eight or nine starts, wow. and, that would give it, and that would give Anderson enough, enough rest. But, uh, you know, the, getting, getting him and what it would cost or getting a, uh, Alexander Gorgiev from, uh, from the Rangers, who's a really good young goaltender, I mean, forget wow. Tristan Jerry. He's he, he's basically stolen the job from Matt Murray in Pittsburgh. So <laughs> it, it's it's going to be a challenge for Dubas to get an upgrade as a backup. Talk about pro. Mike, talk about pro sports though. Ryan Miller would haunt the Maple Leafs night in, night out, season mm-hmm. in, season out. Imagine him being the backup on a Maple Leafs team as his career um, rides into the sunset. It's it's amazing. It, it would it would be ironic because I mean I've been witness to many of those Buffalo Toronto yeah. games. And he's always, he's always had the Leafs number. Um, but, you know, so did, so did Tom Barrasso back Tom, in the day. And Tom yeah. Barrasso ended up in a, in, in a Leaf uniform. So it'll be, it'll be strange, but I've seen stranger things. Don't forget things. Don Pupa or Darren Pupa. Don't forget Darren Pupa. <laughs> Donnie Edwards. Did Don Edwards play for the Leafs too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Donnie Edwards played for the Leafs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Donnie Edwards with those pads and the helmet. Young OGs, converts, look up Don Edwards and laugh. I mean, the guy was just the stereotypical goalie of the early 80s. Love it. Amazing. Just a few things from community. Oh, by the way, uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have so many listeners who come in and partake in what we do. Um, Podcast in, podcast out, but no subscribes. No subscriptions, nothing. Do us a favor. We need the subscriptions. Thank you very much. Just hit the subscribe button. You know it's worth your while. Do us a solid. Leafs conversation, cool and trending. I really envy that Edmonton power play unit. That's about it, though. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have well the best player in the league and one of the top five in the league. Um, I mean, the funny thing is, I think that in terms of overall personnel, the Leafs have better 
overall personnel on their power play. But, uh, you know, it's again, it's nice to have Dreisaitl and McDavid. Masiek Gutkowski, I know this is probably wishful thinking, and it is, but man, would Colton Pareko look nice playing alongside Riley. Another good option would be Brett Pesci in Carolina coming to the Leafs. Yeah, I, I don't think that either are going to be traded. I mean, last year their names were out there, but in the offseason, anything is possible. I mean, with, with, with St. Louis, they're not going to trade Pareko because they're probably going to lose Alex Pitarangelo unless he agrees to a team-friendly deal. He's a pending UFA. They traded for Justin Falk because they might lose Pedrangelo to free agency in Carolina. By the way, how is Jake Gardner doing in Carolina? Oh, that's right. He's minus 18. Um, you know, that's – I'm sorry to say. It's like, uh, you know, but anyway. Um, Pesci is one of their better defensemen. They're not giving him up. <laughs> Mike just rubbing it in. We all knew what Jake Gardner was, Mike. We all knew. Some just didn't want to face it. Um, we wish him the best of luck continuing on with his career the way it is, the way it was in Toronto. The Fozzie Bear, the Leafs are seven and four under Keith. Just wants to remind us, not too shabby. No, I, I and I think that uh, they, they play a different style. I think they're playing with more energy. I don't know if it's the fact that they just got worn down by Babcock. I, I don't know. All I know is that the team looks different. They're playing different. There are still some things that I think drive – fans a little crazy i mean they the game in calgary is symbolic of things that had happened earlier in the year where they just seem to have they go into vapor lock for like three or four minutes where nothing they do goes Mm -hmm. right and when they come out of that three or four minutes they're down by Mm -hmm. a couple goals it's you know they just lose focus and you know this team and that might be a a, sim- a symptom of you know being a youthful team. I, they haven't they have enough experience that you would yeah, exactly. think that, that that would happen. But 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 still, it's like those are crippling. It's like you play a good game for fifty five, fifty six minutes, and you get dis- you get yeah. destroyed or defeated by that three yeah, minutes. Yeah, at some point, this team's going to have to evolve out of a group that just wants the style uh, into a group that wants to win and is hungry for cops. Look at Boston. I mean, they could go for plunk in the playoffs, but look at the way they're playing. This is Boston. They won the cup back in 2011 and they play every single season. Like they want to get back to winning a Stanley cup. It's been a long time since they won that Stanley cup, but they keep trying. They keep playing like their hearts are set on and dedicated to winning another Stanley cup. The Maple Leafs, this is what these guys want to do, but are they playing like it? Have they come together like it? Um, You know, they, they were playing for a hard-ass coach who just didn't want to change his ways and Mike Babcock. But, I mean, were the Leafs dedicated enough within to rise above that and, and win a first round? No. Um, is this going to be a season where they get to the first round again and then lose? I mean, then, then who's to blame, right? Uh, the, the idea that this team loses its focus, you know, slips into a, a coma, and then comes out of the coma and finds itself down in the game and at a position where they can't get back into it. Just doesn't make any sense, especially for a, a group of guys who've been together for, for a few years now. I mean, when, it, when is it going to mature? Right. Um, but I, I don't want to harp on them too much. I mean, they they did pretty well out West and uh, now it's time to come back and play the Buffalo Sabres, your Sabres, Michael. I know they're your Sabres, whether you like them or not, they're your Sabres because you are the pride of Buffalo, New York, Chicktawaga specifically. Last word to you about mm-hmm. what you're expecting from the Sabres at the Leafs on Tuesday and beyond. 
Well, just just to update on this, because, um, you know, Tyson Berry blocked a shot last night in that game, left the left the game, came back, tried to sort of tough his way through it. Couldn't uh, couldn't do that through at the beginning of the second period. So they went with five defensemen. Sheldon Keefe, after the game, said that the X-rays were negative, um, but he was just in too much pain. Um, Now, that was said about Marner a few weeks ago before they found something else. They'll do a more. I would say detailed examination of Barry probably today or maybe tomorrow morning. Um, so we'll get an idea. Now, if he is out for any significant time, you know, and it, if it's a foot injury, he's a, you know, a very slick skating defenseman. So that definitely will, f- would affect him. Whereas some p- more plotting defensemen, maybe actually even play through it. But um, I mean, that's going to be a big loss for the Leafs. And uh, I mean, so we can't, exactly say what's going to happen until we get a firm diagnosis on it. But they did say last night on the broadcast that if they, um, if Barry was hurt and it was a long-term injury that, that might prevent the Leafs from sending and allowing Rasmus Sandin to go to uh, the world juniors. I I don't think it's going to affect that because um, I I would think they would want to let Sandin go to the world juniors because I don't expect them to recall him unless they lose a ton of players on the blue line. They, they piled up enough veterans there. They could get through a couple weeks with uh, Martin Marinson, God forbid, but, uh, or Kevin Gravel or Jordan Schmaltz playing on the bottom pairing. Um, they just, they just, you know, the, the hope right now is that it's not a long-term injury. Hey, great news, Mike, for the season, the Leafs are plus one uncharted territory. Mm, not bad. 